uh, this subject. Do you really know God? Do you really know God? That's a real big question. Do you really know God? Spirit of the living God, speak to our hearts tonight by the power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, is a ve- we are in a very tough time. It's hard to tell those who truly know God. Just because you go to church doesn't mean you know God. Just because you pray every day and pray over your meal doesn't mean you really know God. Just because you read your Bible every day doesn't mean you know God. Just because you shake the preacher's hand doesn't mean you know God. The preacher may like you and love you and speak well of you, but you may not know God. The scripture is very clear. God knows those who are His. You can claim to know God, but He knows those who are His. And when you know you belong to Him, There is in your heart a witness from him that says you know him. And it will be reflected in your character. The Bible is clear. By their fruit, you shall know them. That's the only way you can tell. By their fruit. It's not what you say. It's what you know about God. Do you really know God? It's not what people are saying about God. It's not what your parents say about God. It's not what your friends say about God. It's what you say about God. Whether you know God or not. What you know about God is what you will say. And what you say about God is what you do. You can't separate that. If you really know God, it will be reflected in your life. I said that before. The moon has no light of its own. The moon just simply reflects the light of the sun. Your knowledge of God is what positions you to reflect the light of God. When Jesus said, you are the light of the world, not everyone who calls the Father or calls God Lord, Lord, is a light of the world. There is half moon. It's a quarter moon. And then there is full moon. All depending on how the moon positions itself in line with the sun. The knowledge of God is what positions you to reflect the light. And if you position yourself fully, then you will have full moon. Full light. 
So it's your, the knowledge of God that you have that positions you. I can listen to a person in short time, I can tell whether they are trying to prove something. You don't have to prove anything when you know God. You know you know Him. You don't have to do anything. I don't have to make to impress anybody. I know I know Him. So it's what you say about God. Jesus, Jesus one time, and I'm going to read the scriptures in Matthew chapter 16. Verse 13 through 17, it says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea, Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, and take note, Jesus is the one asking his disciples, and you are his disciple. He's asking you questions tonight. He asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Who are they saying? What are they saying about me? Is he really interested about what they are saying about him? People of the world are saying things about Jesus. It's an interesting answer that they had to give. So they said to him, some say, John the Baptist. Why John the Baptist? And at that time, John the Baptist was the prophet. Everybody accepted him. They knew. Even Herod feared John the Baptist. Herod knew John the Baptist was the prophet. In fact, they were so sure there was something unusual about John the Baptist, they wanted to know if he was the Messiah. So John the Baptist was important to them. They were looking to him. Jesus said he was a born in light. And you wanted to enjoy his life for a season. So it was, there was something about John the Baptist. And they saw Jesus and they said, wow, he's something about him. So they knew something about him was special. But they, instead of calling him who he was, they felt, well, that John the Baptist. And then others said, Elijah. Elijah did miracles. This has got to be Elijah. He's back. And others said, Jeremiah. That's interesting. Because Jeremiah was a a weeping prophet. And Jesus wept a lot. As he looked at man's condition. And then, some of them says, one of the prophets. He's got to be one of the prophets. But I'm not sure if Jesus really was listening to what they were saying. He said to them, but who do you say? That I am. What have you to say about me? It's not what anyone else is saying. It's what you're saying. Let me read this scripture because it's very important. What you say depends on what has been revealed to you. You can repeat what others are saying. John the Baptist. Elijah. Great man, good man, great prophet, son of God. Because you heard them say that. You repeat what they say. But God is interested in knowing what you say about him. That's what's important to him. Because if you know what to say about him, then you know God. 
And then you are able to position yourself so that God can reach you and make you the light of the world. What you say about him is what's revealed to you. So when he said, but what do you say? That I am. Everybody was quiet for a while. <laughs> but Peter shut up. He says, I got to say this. is burning inside of me. I've got to say this. And he said to Jesus, you are the Christ, no doubt. You are the anointed one they have been talking about. Jacob talked about you, called you shallow. David talked about you. They all knew you were coming. They knew the Son of God was coming. He said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, before that time, nobody had talked about God having a son. Except David. And we'll come into that. But he got it. He knew. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, Blessed are you. If you can obtain that knowledge, God has separated you from the rest of the world. It's no secret when they say we don't believe in Jesus, they are saying what they know. God's not mad about that. Jesus said to him, Blessed are you. You are blessed when your eyes are open. Do you remember the scripture we just said? The Lord has opened my... If that happens to you and you can hear, you have been blessed from heaven. Jesus didn't say to Peter, you are going to be blessed. You are blessed to have this knowledge. So knowledge is important to know who God is. It says, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. He got it by revelation. I don't know when Peter got that. I don't know what the other disciples were thinking about Jesus, but that thing was burning in his heart. He is the Son of God. Sometimes I wonder if Jesus asked this question to let Peter say it from his mouth, what was burning in his heart. I mean, if God is giving you something, you can't wait to tell somebody. (laughs) God gave him that opportunity to voice what was in his heart. I'm not too sure, but I wonder why Jesus said, you're going to be the leader. Amen? You're going to lead them. Because he got this revelation. It's your knowledge of God that's important. Many times we're thinking, can I know God better? Yes. You can. It's really up to you. If you desire it. God will not give you anything that you don't desire. If you don't want it, you won't go after it. You fight against it and he'll let you be. But if you desire it, he'll meet you. The scripture says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You should be troubled if you have no desire for God. Don't want to go to church. There are things you can do. 
Not that those things will make you know God, but there are things that show God that, yes, this person is interested in knowing me. Draw near to God, and what? God will draw near to you. There are things you must do to show God that, yes, I want to know you more. There is prayer time. There is Bible reading. That will not help make you, the fact that you're doing that doesn't make you know God. Because God has to reveal himself to you. He has to reveal himself to you. Now, First Samuel, I believe, chapter 3, it said God revealed, probably verse 21, God revealed himself to Samuel by his word. So there was a time God did not... Was Samuel reading his Bible before that? Yeah, he was. But he didn't know God. Until God revealed himself to him by his word. Isaiah was standing in the tabernacle. He was a young man. And God chose to reveal himself. And then all of a sudden God opened his eyes. And that man, after he saw God and God revealed himself to him... He was never the same. Desire. T.L. Osborne, alive. T.L. Osborne cried out. He wanted to know God. Heidi Hammond, that was a, Christ, uh, a lady that was mentored by uh, John Ashcroft, senior John Ashcroft. I mean, I've heard of John Ashcroft. Now, the father, that's uh, Attorney General during the uh, Bush uh, administration. But his father was a very powerful minister. And Hattie Hammond was mentored by John Ashcroft. And T.L. Osborne heard that woman saying, if you ever saw God, you'll never be the same. And he started seeking God. And Jesus appeared in his room. He said, tears were flowing from my eyes, but I was not aware of crying. And from that very moment, an internationally known minister Hundreds of thousands of people healed. District superintendent from different countries. Kenya. From that one experience with God. When God revealed himself to him. Do you really want to know God? Or is it a game? Serious matter. I see sometimes it's frightening when I see it's like people are playing games. You know, with, with this God, he's going to church, what he's going to give me, you all focus on our problems and all of that. He's not about knowing him. And God is focused more about you knowing him. Knowing him. Knowing God. So important to him that you know him. You know, I believe it's uh, maybe Acts 16. Paul was saying, he scattered them all over the world. He wouldn't allow them to build the tower. You remember the Tower of Babel? He scattered them all over the world. So that peradventure they would begin to feel after him in the dark, trying to find him. So that he can reveal himself to them. Let me let you know this. God loves to reveal himself. I know that without a doubt. If you will take a time out and seek him, he will reveal himself to you. I've tried this in the past, and I'm going to share from my heart with you. When I came to the United States, I could not talk to, talk to anybody in the church. 
I know how to witness outside. But I didn't know how to deal with people in the church. I couldn't, I was very scared, very self-conscious. I don't say any word in a, in a Sunday school class. My master always shut. I had nothing to say. I only know what to tell them. Repent or perish outside there. <laughs> but then in 1980, I rented a motel room somewhere outside Athens, Georgia. And I fasted for seven days. Nobody had told me if you don't drink water for three days, you probably lose your life. I could care less. I needed to get a hold of God. Because I was being oppressed. Satan was just really letting me have it. And there was nobody to talk to. Nobody understood. And I needed God. And I spent just that seven days. When I left that hotel room, I felt absolutely nothing. Except like it seemed like somebody's beating me with a two by four. I felt kind of you're laughing, it's not funny. <laughs> it wasn't funny for me then. I felt really woozy. I never laughed. It felt like my friend uh, Greg Clinton, he asked me, he said, Did God speak to you? I looked at him and said, Did you have you lost your mind? I didn't hear anything. <laughs> it was God didn't speak to me. But right after that, when everything quieted down, my life changed. From then till this very day, my life changed. The boldness just, I don't know where it came from. It just came. And God started teaching me stuff, things that I've never seen anybody do. Then I'll go, you know, I have a science mind. I like to experiment. As soon as I felt like God has shown me something, I'm looking for my experimental animal. Well, sorry, somebody in the church to experiment it with. <laughs> and when it worked, I danced all night. We just rejoicing. It worked. It works. This stuff works. And then I'm looking for more people. It, everything takes a turn. I mean, you get so excited because God's doing something in your life. No big head. It just sometimes for a while I thought everybody knew these things. But when I speak in the meeting, everybody's like, where did you get that from? And Angela told me, not my Angela, back there, she says, you need to be talking more. And I said, well, I thought you all know all of this. She said, no, we don't. She said, really? So I started talking more. I actually, to tell you, I actually just picked a book and taught my class how to receive gifts of the Holy Spirit and, and to prophesy. And to have words of knowledge. I had them locked in my classroom. And we prophesied. I made them. We stood there. Because I saw in the scriptures, you can all prophesy one by one. That all may learn. That all may be edified. And they did. They said things over me. I will make them sit in a chair. And then we all sit around. Stand around this person. And we pray in tongues for a while. And we wait on the Lord for a word. And they spoke words over me. While I was in college, and I thought to myself, you all have lost your mind. What are you guys saying about me? Doing all of this stuff? I said, you are all being nice to me because I'm your Sunday school teacher. That's what you're doing. That was in my head. But we had it taped. Guess what? I'm leaving what they said in that class today. And the lady Angela, 
she was in a, when they were speaking to her, she was saying, saying, you guys, you guys don't know what you're saying. In Nigeria, when she was with me ministering and God was using her to cast out de- devils and everything, it had been years from 1986-87. And she told me and said, good luck, you remember what you all said over me in the class? I had totally forgotten. She said, that's what I'm living right now. It's happening right here. All by just taking time to seek God and really mean it. I wasn't meaning for God to show me. I just was desperate. I needed out. I needed to know God more. I needed to be like these other people that I was reading about. I needed to be, to see some of these things. God just let me see just a little bit. Some people have no desire. It should worry you if you have no desire. You should cry out to God. God, please, what's the matter with me? Why is my heart so cold towards the things of God? I guess I'm speaking to the choir. You're here today. <laughs> we have people who are at home, maybe watching television, and you, you, I'm, I'm talking to you. But for those of you that are here, take some time out. Take some time out. I'm going to be very clear with you. Sometimes I just want to go out. I leave my family, and I go rent a hotel room. My daughter says, she'll tell you, I stay for like three days there just by myself. I want God to say things to me. Many times I don't have a clue as to whether anything is going to happen. But I can tell you, I can't remember any time that I've done that and something didn't change when I left that room. I, I can't recall it. Take some time out from everyone around you. <laughs> Leave your phone at home. <laughs> so you get no calls. And, and when you're preparing yourself for that, guess what? God's watching. He knows what you're doing. God said, you will find me when you seek me with all of your heart. It's not hard to find him if you really want him. The the reason why God is not revealing himself to you is not because he doesn't want him. You don't want him. That's what it is. If you really want him, he'll reveal himself no matter who you are. He's not a respecter of persons. You guys are real quiet tonight. <laughs> Can I hear some amen from you? Yeah, he's not a respecter of persons. When you're still making excuses, he'll let you be. God's a gentleman. He's not going to force himself on you. He's just a gentleman. But if you say, look, I'm going to go after God, things will break. You don't need anybody to pray over your life. God will show himself. And when he's through with your problem, now he sends you out. Now go, just like he did with Peter. When you have come back to me, he said, when you return, then go and help your brothers. You can do that. You have everything in you to do that. To seek God. It's whether you know him or not. Whether you want to know him or not. A man named Agar. In uh, Proverbs chapter 30. He spoke of himself. He says. He is more stupid than other men. (laughs) More stupid than other men. 
I was shocked when I read that in the scriptures. He says this, surely, without a doubt, I am more stupid than any man. Why? I guess he just, did he realize that he decided to be stupid from the beginning of his life? No, he just realized, I have been acting stupidly. And I feel like I'm more stupid than any other man. More stupid. Believe me, you will not hear me tell you that, okay? <laughs> uh, most of us will not say that about ourselves. But why was he saying this? Surely, no doubt about it. He said, no doubt about it. I am more stupid than any man. And do not have the understanding of a man. If you don't have the understanding of a man, then you are not really a man. That's what he's saying. What is this understanding of a true man? If you are a true man, you should have this understanding. So because I don't have the understanding of a true man, I am less than any other man. That's what he's saying here. And he tells you why. I neither learned wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. I neither have wisdom nor have knowledge of the Holy One. When you don't have knowledge of the Holy One, stupidity is really close. Because you need to learn wisdom. And we're going to talk about what wisdom is. So he mentioned wisdom, and then he mentioned knowledge. Wisdom and knowledge. There are three kinds of knowledge. We have the sense knowledge. We have knowledge from experience. And then we have revelation knowledge. Many of us go by sense knowledge. But revelation knowledge is higher than all of them. And the knowledge he's talking about, he is talking about revelation knowledge. That's what Peter got. It's revelation knowledge. So when you have no revelation knowledge, you're not really living like a real man, the way God sees a man. And you cannot position yourself to reflect the light of God. And then he went on to talk about what, what this is. Who has ascended? He started telling you some of the things that he never searched to know that made him to declare, I am more stupid. It says, who has ascended into heaven or descended? Who has gathered the wind in his face? Who has brought the waters in a garment? Who has established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? Do you really know? And what is his son's name? If you know. This Old Testament. And this guy, he's discovered. There is a son of God before he came in Proverbs. And he's asking you, do you really know? Do you know the son's name? Wisdom is so important. 
We have to have wisdom. Proverbs 9 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Let me show you something here. In the New Testament, you know how that will read? The love of God is the beginning of wisdom. The New Testament doesn't talk much about fear. You don't see fear of God. He talks about love. Talks about love. You can read in um, Genesis chapter 22, when God tested Abraham with, with uh, Isaac, and Abraham lifted his hand to kill Isaac for sacrifice. God stopped him, and God says, Now I know that you fear God. Well, in the New Testament, I would think, Now I know you love God, right? But God didn't use that. No, that's Old Testament. New Testament is always, you love God. When you love God and you love, it says, that's the first commandment, right? Not fear God. The first commandment is love the Lord your God. With all. When you love God with all of your heart, you get wisdom. You get true wisdom. So the love of God, true love of God is the beginning of wisdom. Because this wisdom will grow. And the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. The knowledge of the Holy One. Notice why Erga said, I am more stupid than any other man. Because he had no understanding. He didn't have the knowledge of the Holy One. The knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. That's wisdom. Let me tell you this. Knowledge is very great, but knowledge is limited by wisdom. Many times you see people come up, uh, especially during campaigns, you hear them talking about the things that they want to do, right? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. If you make me the president, as soon as I get to the position, I'm going to do this for you. And everybody says, yes, he's going to make life better for us. But once he sits in the place, even though he has good intention and has good knowledge, no wisdom. How do you get, unless you fully understand, now wisdom has to do with understanding. You can have the knowledge, but if you don't have the understanding of the matter, and the, you can't do anything. So you're frustrated. And so when you have wisdom, the wisdom from above, that's what the Bible says, Jesus has become the wisdom of God to us. Because we love him. So when you have the wisdom of God in your life, you can increase that wisdom by knowing more about God. The more you know about God, the more you get to know Him, the closer you get to Him, the more you love Him. And the more you love Him, the greater understanding you have of about life, how to deal in life. So if the wisdom of God is not there with you, you can have all the knowledge. And many people, you've seen people, professors, they have 
the DDDs and all the degrees from uh, theological seminary. I'm doctor so and so. And then he opens his mouth and then he's thinking, he has a doctoral degree in uh, theology. <laughs> this is a joke. And he's speaking and to me he looks like, in my mind, please shut that television off. I don't want to listen to this. Does it make sense? He has the knowledge, but he doesn't know God. And doesn't know good. No true wisdom from heaven. So we need that wisdom from God to be able to live for God. It says this in Proverbs 24 verse 5. A wise man is what? Strong. A wise man is strong. Yes, a man of knowledge increases strength. See where we're going here? You're already strong. But you can increase your strength in God if you increase your knowledge of Him. Amen? If you increase your knowledge of God, you will increase your strength in the Lord. Now, uh, Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. So how are you going to be strong in the Lord? We're not talking about physical muscle, right? That's not what he's talking about. A wise man is strong, right? And a man of knowledge increases strength. So if you are going to be strong in God and do exploits, you need to increase your knowledge of God. How do you increase your knowledge of God? By revelation. By revelation. There are many things that you can do to receive revelation from God. Seek to have revelation from God. Now, I'm not talking about revelation that's outside the scriptures. Once you know it and understand it, everything is open for you. It's just the way it works. And you know, when you are really seeking after that knowledge and understanding of God, even in your sleep, it speaks to you. God will speak to you. There was a time in my life when I was, I was into these healing things. And I was reading, some nights I, I was begging God, please let me sleep. That's true. And all night long, I'm thinking about all kinds of things about healing, reading scriptures. I laugh to myself. I'm sure if you were my, were my roommate, you think he's lost his mind. He's crazy now. But I got so excited. This was years back. I, I knew everything. I picked everything about healing. All the healing ministers, F.F. Bosworth. Some of you haven't heard this name. But this our generation. I haven't been in Bible school. But I studied all of those things. I had to know about those things. And then a few years later, back here in Houston, I got up one morning. It was night. God has already taught me how, basically, I've read those scriptures. But God just showed me, in my mind, I can open deaf ears, I can cause the dumb to speak. And by the grace of God, please, I don't feel any kind of anointing. By the grace of God, I've seen those things happen. I have videos in my office where, where they told me before, we're bringing a deaf and dumb woman to you this Sunday. And, and I prayed with this young girl, maybe about 19. I have the video in my office, she started talking. 
but God had already showed it to me. If you seek him, he'll show himself to you. I don't have anything to prove to anybody. But I'm glad that God has showed himself to me. I know I am his. And believe me, he didn't do these things to me when I was a minister. I was not a pastor, wasn't a minister when he showed these things to me. But I wanted it. I, I needed to. You got to want to know God. And there are things to do. There's prayer, there's studying. If you don't have it, ask him to put it in there. Ask him to please give me a hunger. He says, whatever you ask in my name, I'll give to you. Ask him for it. God, why is it that I don't have hunger in me? Please. And that's revelation. When God opens your eyes to know that I'm dry. I need God. That's a blessing. And then you cry and then he waters you. And then you become like a tree planted by the rivers. Today, I, I, you know, I know there are ministers, a lot of them that I look up to. It's not what they are doing and what God's doing through them. That's not what I'm concerned about. I just want to do more. And I want to know what they know that I don't know. So that I can do what God's doing through them. That's what I study. In my office, I'm studying them. I listen to them. Not just for the preaching, whatever they're doing. I want to know what, is, what does he know. If I hear his words, I may get from what he's saying that's going to help my life. I still need to grow. But if you have no desire to know God, then you make excuses. Why you can't go to church on Sunday morning? I'm not going to call whether or not we call if we miss you. But something is not right. Think about it. If a baby doesn't want to eat, we know the baby is sick. If you are to plead with the baby constantly to do spiritual things or to eat or do something that the baby should do, then we know something is wrong. We want to take the baby to the doctor, right? But then we say, Christians, you got to beg them to go to church. You got to call them. They are easily offended. The flower doesn't look right, so he's not coming to church. All that kind of crazy stuff. And I'm wondering, what's going on here? When you are truly seeking God, those things don't mean anything to you. You want to reach out. You want God to use you. You want to know how you can make life better for others. It's all about people. The material things come to help you do those things. And God will put them through you. So we don't worry about the finances and the ark. He's putting it through us. We don't have to worry about it. It will always be there when we have our mindset, this is what God called us to do. But then it helps us to go further. I encourage you tonight. Seek God. I tell you the truth. You can never seek God and not find Him. It's impossible. It's truly impossible. I may not be very open, you know, because that's... I I, I don't see myself as a a minister because I was never one for a long time. Now I know I'm a pastor. I just have that knowledge. But I live as just everybody else. God spoke to me before I went into ministry and told me what he was going to do. I, in those minutes, I wrote them down. That was 1998, while I was at the medical center. And I was back in Nigeria traveling. Once I was ready to go out, I bought a camera. Because I knew what God had told me. And I was going to Africa. 
And I knew if I came back and I started telling people, deaf people heard, blind saw, and uh, the lame walk, they are going to say, Brother oh, uh, uh, Goodluck, you have been with us for six years. We've never seen any of those. So why don't you do what you were doing in Africa? We want to see it here. Hello? <laughs> How come it's only Africa where we can't see it? But if I have video, they can't question me. Right? So I knew, so I, I bought the camera. I had a few offerings, that was all. I bought the camera, because so, I knew. And God was doing it. My friend, Dr. Amby, he was, one morning he was in the hotel, because he was traveling with me as I went from place to place, church to church, pre- preaching. Dr. Amby was with me, and so we, we finally spent, I think it was Benin City. We were in a hotel room, and in the morning I got up and I was, going, I was praying, and he got a hold of my notebook where God had spoken to me uh, in 1998. And he was reading it intently, but I, I saw him reading it. Uh, we're so close, I just said, well, let him read. And I kept praying. So he asked me, he says, uh, Brother Goodluck, when did you write that? When did you write what is in this page here? I told him, the date is up there. He said, you mean you wrote this 1998? I said, yes. You know what was happening? He was shocked. You could see the fa- his face. Because what, I, what he was reading, that's what he had been seeing as he traveled with me from church to church. What I wrote there, 1998. Does that make me special? No. I'm sharing this with you because I'm letting you know as a pastor, God wants to do the same thing for you. When he was speaking to me, I was not a minister. I was a member in our church back there. Don't look down on yourself. God can use you. can use anybody. But if you limit God, then you have limited the Holy One of Israel. Don't look to your own knowledge and your own understanding. Seek Him, and He will reveal Himself to you. Samuel didn't know God until one night God revealed Himself to him by His Word. And from that day, his life changed. And it was said of Samuel, God didn't allow one word that he spoke to fall to the ground. Samuel is a man. Even in, in uh, James, uh, uh, he told us, he said, Elijah was a man just like the rest of you. You remember that? Basically saying God wants to do exactly the same thing he did with Elijah. Those scriptures used to really trouble me. That's Elijah. So you can do the same thing with me? Yeah. I have so much confidence because I knew God called me, uh, uh, when I'm preaching here, we're talking about different things we're teaching. But if I want to go out to preach in a church, I, don't, I cannot recall one time that I went, uh, possibly the time I went to uh, uh, Oklahoma, I was just teaching then. But most of the time, somebody is going to be healed. We have a notable miracle. I, that's something. If I want to talk about healing, I want to pray for the sick, somebody is going to be healed. Because you know why? Jesus said, these signs follow them that believe. How many believers are here tonight? Well, the signs are following you. You need to get that revelation. Amen? You can do exactly the same thing. 
Amen. Just get that revelation from God where God tells you, yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. Yes, you can do it. They're not special. Yes, you can do it. That's what the husband said. I said, watch this man doing the miracles. They said a thousand voices in my head saying, you can do that. You can do that. You can do that. He believed it. Jesus showed himself. He went out to do the same thing. And Jesus started reaching out to thousands of people. God's not through with me yet. Amen? And God's not through with you yet. Amen? We're just starting. Amen? We're just starting. Yes. I will rejoice when, God, when you step out and walk on water. Don't go testing the water to see if you hold your weight. You'll never come out of the boat. Just go out and do what he says. Amen. If you test the water to see if you can do it, uh, you will stay in the boat. You are not ever going to come out. Amen. Just go ahead and do it. Don't feel it. Don't care about the feeling. Do what it says. You lay hands on the sick and the sick will recover. If you start seeking that, God will put a sick person in front of you. And then he will tell you, why don't you experiment? And you experiment and you say, wow, this stuff works. And then you won't be able to sleep that night because you're waiting for your next experiment. Amen. Stand up with me. It's really fun to serve God. You know that? Amen. It's really fun to